Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, so we're diving into, can't believe, week six of a series of messages on baseball. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about baseball, I think about when I was a little kid. And last week, Pastor Bert asked if you had any favorite memories, favorite summer memories, maybe when you were a kid. And for me, it immediately, I thought about baseball. When I was a kid, I just loved to play baseball. And I'm not talking about organized baseball, right? I played, I played Little League like most young kids. But the baseball I'm talking about was street baseball, neighborhood baseball. And I'm not talking about stickball either. I grew up on Long Island. We didn't play stickball. I think we tried stickball one time, and then my friend got punished for a week for cutting up his mom's broom. So we never played again. But street baseball, right? You didn't need nine players on each team. If we had two players on each team, we were good to go. And first base on our field was my buddy's lamppost. Second base was some mark we made in the street. Third base was my other buddy's tree. And then home base was whoever was batting, you just threw your glove down and that was home. Pretty simple stuff, right? But when you play baseball in the street, you got to have different rules, and we did. You know, we had to play within the confines of the curb, right? Curb to curb, that was our field. And we had different rules, right? We, we played with a tennis ball. We weren't looking to break any windows. We had self-hitting. We didn't have enough for pitchers and catchers, so we used to just self-hit. And we had other rules like you could immediately stop what you were doing if you yelled car. If a car was coming down the street, it didn't matter what you were doing. Car, and you just, everybody went like this. You let the car go through. Maybe if it was the same car coming a couple times, you gave them a look. And then you had this thing that if you hit a ball into a tree, you got the famous do-over, right? Do-over. It was just simple times. You just got to, you got to do it all over again. No fuss, no muss. It hit the tree. You're ready to go. And we would play baseball all summer long. Baseball, maybe jump in someone's pool, have dinner, go out and play flashlight tag or something. It was just great. Except on Sundays. Sundays, when I was growing up, was about family. In fact, not to date myself, but when I was growing up, Nothing was open on Sundays. Like if my daughter, like not even the outlets. The outlets weren't even open on Sundays. But once a month, my parents would take us on Sundays. We would go, it felt like once a month, we would go to my grandparents in Queens. Now I loved visiting my grandparents. But when you're eight years old, not a lot of exciting stuff to do at your grandparents' house. I mean, my grandparents they still had plastic on the furniture. But I ended up getting into my same routine every time we went. Two o'clock, always lunch. Two o'clock was lunch. 3.30 was baseball. We'd either watch the Yankee game, the Met game, whatever was on. But 12 o'clock, while lunch was being prepared, I always watched Abbott and Costello. Any Abbott and Costello fans? Anybody remember Abbott and Costello? So if you're not familiar with Abbott and Costello, right, they are 
in my opinion, the greatest comedy duo of all time. Nobody compares to Abbott and Costello. In fact, in the 1940s, they were some of the biggest entertainers in the world. They were the highest paid entertainers in the world. And it consisted of two people. You had Bud Abbott, and Bud was considered the comedy straight guy. And then you had Lou Costello. And Lou Costello, he was the comedy genius. Lou Costello could deliver physical comedy like no one else. Like no one else. Now here's why I bring it up if you don't know. Their most famous comedy routine, considered the greatest comedy routine of all time, revolves around baseball, exactly. In fact, if you've ever been up to Cooperstown, New York, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is, there's a gold record on the museum wall of their most famous comedy routine. And this morning, I'm breaking a little bit of ground, because I don't think we've ever done comedy here. We haven't shown comedy, but this morning, I'm going to show a clip of Abbott and Costello's most famous comedy routine. Here's Abbott and Costello. Check it out. You know, just watching everybody's face, that's, that's about 80 years ago, and that comedy still holds up today. I mean, just genius, genius stuff. So here's the question. My question this morning is not who's on first. Hopefully, we know who's on first. My question this morning is, who is first? Who's first in your life? What about if I said it this way? What's first in your life? Think about that for a moment. Take a moment. What's first in your life? If nothing's coming to mind this morning, it's okay, I'm going to help you out. You only have to look at two things in someone's life to know what's first. Where you spend your time and where you spend your money. Because if you look at those things, you've ever heard, follow the money, right? Money and time will actually leave a trail, however long it might be. And if you follow that trail to the end of where you spend your time and where you spend your money, it's usually what's first. Take a listen to this. This is Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God. The New King James Version says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, this, this verse comes out of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And if you're not familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, it's Jesus' longest sermon in the Bible. And it's where Jesus starts to teach us how to live like a Christian. And if you've read the Bible a few times, if you come to church, it's easy to go through verses in the Bible and check stuff off and say, I'm good, I do that stuff. It's easy to say God's first in your life on Sunday, right? We're all here, we're worshiping. But what about Monday? Or how about Friday night? Is God first on Friday night? See, Jesus isn't teaching us 
to keep God first only on Sunday. Sunday's an easy one. Jesus is teaching us it's about keeping God first and seeking God every day in everything that we do. And when you do it and you live righteously, when you make life decisions based on your faith, Jesus tells us God makes a promise to us. God is going to give you everything that you need. Now, it doesn't say you're going to get everything you want, right? Sometimes you could put a late-night TV pastor who says you're going to get everything you want. That's not what it says. It says God is going to give you everything you need when he feels you need it. See, the truth is, myself included, we might feel that we have God first, but we probably don't do it as much as we think we do. For example, in your finances, right? That's a tough one for some people. Is God first when it comes to your finances? Do you feel, as a Christian, you're obligated to give, or are you living a truly outward-bound life? In other words, do you feel you have to give, or you get to give? What about in your entertainment? the stuff you, we stream online or the stuff that you watch on TV? Is God first when it comes to those things? Something to think about. You know, I don't watch a lot of TV. There's 5,000 channels you could watch, but I could never find anything to watch. But this time of year, I do enjoy watching baseball. I just... I just like watching baseball. It doesn't matter. I can watch the Yankees are my team, but I watch Met games. I can watch a Boston Red Sox game. It doesn't really matter. I just like watching baseball. But in my younger years, I enjoyed going to baseball games. I'd rather go to a game in person than watch it on TV. And normally what I would do is I would just buy a ticket whenever I wanted to go to a game. Pretty simple. And it didn't, it didn't even matter where I sat. I've sat high. I've sat low. I've sat in the bleachers, which are my favorite spot to sit. But it didn't really matter. I just enjoyed going to the games. But it came a point in my life I decided, you know what, I'm tired of just picking and choosing the games. I want to I be a season ticket holder. And not a 10-game not a package, right? I wanted to own the whole season, 81 games. So with my friend, we got a pair of season tickets, and we were Yankee season ticket holders. And I think in my best year, I went to... 45 games. I just, I just checked it out. 45 games I went to. Now, that may not sound like a lot of games. What's 45 games over a season? But when you have to go from Lake Grove, where I live, to the Bronx, in traffic, 45 times on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Saturday and a Sunday, that's a lot of driving. That's a lot of time. And the only way I was even able to go to that many games was the Yankees had to be first, which meant it came before a lot of other things in my life. See, back then, it's where I was spending my time and my money. It became my priority. Is there something this morning in your life that you would consider a priority? Now, I'm not saying 
when God's first, we can't go to baseball games on Sundays, right? Actually, Yankee games are fine because everyone knows God's a Yankee fan. But when we go to a game, it takes on a whole new meaning when God's first. See, Jesus knew that we would have distractions in our life. Jesus knew we would have worries. Maybe not the same worries they had in biblical times, right? Food and shelter they were worried about. But we're worried about a mortgage or maybe a car payment, medical bills. But the thing is that the things that distract us the most end up becoming your first priority. And then what happens is you're busy and something happens, or maybe you say there's not enough time in the day. And then somehow we try to squeeze God into our schedule. See, instead of trying to fit God into your schedule, why not fit your schedule around God? And how that would look is not putting God in some sort of list. It's not God, family, country. I was always taught it's God, family, country. It's more about God in the center of everything you do. It's God first in your family. It's God first in your finances. It's God first in your relationships. And when you do that, you stay aligned with him. We stay connected to him. I guess that I showed this earlier today. The best way to explain it when God's first in your life would be, have you ever put on a, a button-down shirt and maybe you were distracted by the kids, maybe you were in a rush because your wife was yelling, we're running behind, and when you got done, your shirt looked something like this? That's happened, right? Why does that happen? It happens because you're distracted, right? It happens because you miss the first button. See, but when you get the first button right, make sure I get it right, everything else is aligned, right? It's perfect. When you remember to keep God first, everything else in your life will line up. You know, in, in putting this sermon together, I did a little bit of research on some baseball, and I ran across this urban legend about a great baseball Hall of Famer nicknamed the Goose. You guys have heard of Hall of Famer nicknamed the Goose? Now, you're probably thinking of a different Goose than I'm thinking about. Here's the Goose that I'm talking about. Take a look. I have a picture. That's Leon Goose Goslin, Hall of Famer. He's the first Goose in the Hall of Fame. The other Goose is, is Goose Gossage, Rich Gossage. But Leon Goslin, he played baseball from 1921 to 1938. He played for various teams. But in 1924, he played for the Washington Senators. Now, the Washington Senators that year had a fantastic year. And that year, they made it to the World Series, first World Series. And they played the New York Giants. Now, if you're not familiar with how World Series games works, it's the best of seven games, so the first team to win four games is the winner. The 1924 World Series 
ended up going back and forth and ended up being three games apiece. So in game seven, it was an exciting game and the teams went back and forth and traded scores. And in the bottom of the ninth, it was a tie game. Who comes to the plate in the bottom of the ninth? Goose Goslin, always a Hall of Famer in a big spot. Now Goose Goslin was a great hitter and he got a pitch to hit and he drives the ball to the outfield that off the bat is a home run. So as he's rounding first base, he realizes, you know what, it's not going to be a home run. It's going to hit off the wall. So he starts to pick up his pace. And as he's rounding second base, as the ball comes back into the field to play, he picks up his third base coach, and he sees his third base coach is waving him home. And without hesitation, he makes the turn at third base, and he starts to head for home. And when he gets home, he slides before the ball gets there, and the crowd goes wild. They just witnessed an in-the-park home run to win the 1924 World Series. And when the dust settled and the crowd quieted down, they hear the umpire say, he's out. And nobody can believe what they just heard. They saw him beat the throw. And as the manager of the Senators runs out on the field, it's alleged that the umpire says to him, Coach, the batter's not out because he didn't beat the ball home. He did. The batter's out because he missed first. See, in baseball, the rules state, you have to touch every base before advancing to the next one, first, second, third. And if you miss first, nothing else will count. Nothing. Now, the rules do state he could have went back. He could have ran to third base, touched second base, went back to first base, and as long as he did that in that order, before he got tagged, no problem. He would have been safe. But that never happened. And unlike when we were kids, Major League Baseball doesn't allow do-overs. But here's the great news this morning. If you missed first with God, our God allows do-overs. All you have to do is ask. Now, before I close this morning, if you feel in any part of your life, any part that you need a do-over, take a moment this morning and pray on it, and then I'll close in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning and worship and pray. Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, we're so thankful that when we seek you and when we try to live righteously and we come up short, that you allow do-overs. Father, this morning, let us be guided by you. Let us be guided by our faith. And Lord, let us remember that when we leave here today, no matter how busy we are in life, we always remember to keep you first in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.